Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs and to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Want regular updates on moves your competitors are making? You can learn more at startupcompetitors.com. Hey there. Today we're chatting with Brian Bernard and Mike Barg, who are involved in launching a new company called Motor. Motor is an electric vehicle company. They want to help drive electric vehicle adoption here in Indiana and eventually all over the country. There are a number of different ways that they're engaging with customers from assisting with purchasing, month-to-month vehicle subscriptions, installing chargers at your house, et cetera. We go into all that. We also spend a bit of time talking about where Motor came from. It's a subsidiary of a larger company. And we talk a little bit about the corporate innovation process and what it was like uh, launching Motor from a larger company. There are some advantages and challenges to that model. We get into some of that. And at the end, there is a discount code if you want to try Motor. So hopefully you can save a little money there. want to thank Mike and Brian for coming on the podcast. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're chatting with uh, founders, Brian, Mark. How? Uh, uh, well, actually, let me do intros. So Brian Bernard, who's the Indiana market lead, Mike Barg, who's the uh, head of strategy for Motor. Motor is the company. Mike, Brian, this is kind of a non-traditional startup. Why don't you guys lay out a little bit about motor and and where the idea came from and then we'll dive into the the founder question status sure um first of all thanks for having us today um we're excited about this conversation excited to be here so a little on motor motor is a wholly owned subsidiary of aes which is a large power company the whole idea for motor is accelerating the adoption of electric cars the reason that the broader company behind it cares about this is that obviously they're interested um, in power and energy, and this is a huge opportunity for selling more electricity at the most basic level. However, our mission is accelerating a greener energy future together. Looking at the single biggest piece of emissions right now is transportation. Um, We realize there's an opportunity to engage in the space to shift the thinking around electric cars and shift the momentum that we're seeing right now. Because what we identified and why we got into this is that there's a lot of really interesting, accessible and affordable cars in the market right now, but people aren't buying them yet. And we think that by smoothing out the customer journey, we can create a lot more engagement around cars and get a lot more people in them. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. Make that a little bit more tangible for me. So uh, as a consumer, when I engage with motor, what does that mean? What is my experience? You get access to cars. And what we mean by access is threefold. Number one, we help you learn about them and give you that first exposure through something that looks like a car sharing experience as part of your community, whether that's an office or apartment. Number two, if you want to experience it for a little longer, but not necessarily buy a car, we make it really easy to get into a car through subscription, uh, which looks a lot like a 
lease, except for the fact that you can get out of it um, without penalty at any point you want. So it's a month to month thing. And lastly, we simply make it easier to buy a car through working with dealerships to digitize the whole experience. So it becomes as easy as Amazon Prime on your couch. Give them some information, click a few buttons, the car gets delivered to your house. So the whole goal of all of this is making this the easiest possible way to get a car, however you want to do that. And talk a little bit about what types of cars? Sure. So we're we're electric only, offering, I don't know, some of the most interesting cars in the market right now. So our our baseline here is everything over 200 miles of tank or 200 miles of charge. So the short summary right now, and I now have trouble delivering this list because it keeps growing, is we've got the Chevy Bolt, the Nissan Leaf, Tesla Model 3 and X, Audi e-tron. Uh, and in a few weeks, we are getting the first uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E's in the fleet, as well as some uh, ID, VW ID4s. So variety is growing every month, and we're super excited about the range of cars we can offer. What kind of cars are the two you guys driving right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am driving a Model X and I am a motor subscriber. Nice. <laughs> I am currently driving the Nissan Leaf and I'm not a subscriber. It's more of a uh, understanding the customer journey as it relates to electric cars. Right on. I was hoping I would catch one of you guys flat footed and you're like in a Chevy Yukon or something like that. <laughs> Way to be on brand. Both of you. Good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about current status. So um, when you think of like any sort of kind of vanity metrics for the company today, that could be employees, cars deployed, you know, dealer relationships, could actually be energy metrics if you guys are like super crazy data nuts and track that. Anything that paints a picture for somebody who's listening on where you guys are at in launching motor? I I, I wish we could sit here and brag about energy uh, usage of our users. That'd be great. Uh, But no, we we can, but we won't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we launched in India four months ago, and India is our sole market. So far, we've had 350 individuals download our app and having delivered to about 50 members who decided to make it all the way through our funnel for subscription. We consider one of our biggest wins in the fact that about 40% of our members have signed up for our faster charger installation. We offer to install a free faster charger in members' homes who sign up for four months or more. This really allows us to not only give members a faster charging experience than their standard home outlet, but also to hit our mission of accelerating electric car adoption. Once the member has the infrastructure for faster charging, even if they do decide to leave our subscription service, it gives them even more incentive to go electric on their next car purchase. Faster charging or not, we find that most individuals' day-to-day lives will fit into electric. Around here, many of us do drive electric, as we just said, um, and we find plugging in our cars natural as plugging in our phone. And, and then talk to me briefly about rollout plans. What's the, I guess, what's the pipeline strategy for the next 6, 12, 24 months as you think of scaling this? Sure. I'm happy to take that one. I think, first of all, right now, um, Indianapolis is the focus. The first thing we're doing is going from the subscription, which a lot of people are familiar with, to a broader set of offerings, uh, which I touched on a little bit briefly. Uh, I think the biggest thing that you'll be able to see right now is our our partnership with Indianapolis Power and Light, where we've jointly developed a site together and we're co-branding that. And we're really starting to work closely with the utility to build this up. Ultimately, this comes down to a partnership with the utilities because we believe that they're extremely well positioned to be a trusted advisor in this conversation um, to help people understand what electric cars are and help make it part of the lifestyle. The interesting part about this is when it comes to lifestyle, there's not much of a shift there, but 
there's this perception that it's this major difference. What it comes down to, though, is that what Brian mentioned, it's as easy as instead of going to a gas station, it's like plugging in your cell phone overnight. I was interviewing a customer, uh, a potential member today, and they brought up uh, they've driven electric before. And one of my favorite lines I've heard recently was from him and he was talking and he says, the only time I ever stopped at a gas station was to clean my windshield. I thought that was, it really kind of described what we're trying to get at here is that like electric cars can be easier or are easier than driving a gas powered car. Just like you plug in your cell phone at night, you're plugging in when you get home. And by the time you're ready to leave in the morning, more than likely you're at a full charge and can take on the day. Yeah. And I think, Mike, the other half of that question is important when we're talking about the the 24-month horizon. Is our goal here is accelerating electric car adoptions. It's not like selling a few. That's looking at what all the forecasts are and saying, can we bend that curve and get more people in cars faster? 70% of Americans haven't been in an electric car before. So there's huge potential. And our 24-month our plan uh, is materially impacting that curve. So being a lot of cities and having a lot of impact on this front and really changing the conversation around this and making it real for the majority of the American population. So let's peel back the onion a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about strategy then or strategy. Is it maybe, I guess, from a business objectives perspective for motor is, is the idea that motor is, and I, I'm sure the answer to, to this is yes, all of that, but, but I'd love <laughs> to hear priorities is, is the vision behind motor that this is like a, a profitable, regardless of how a consumer decides to engage with motor, whether they're leasing, uh, subscribing or purchasing a vehicle or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, is, is the goal that motor is a, a profitable subsidiary that is, you know, growing and, and churning out a new revenue stream? Or is the goal more about increasing kind of that stage two charger install base and growing, you know, profits for the, for the utility that you're partnered with overall, just by, you know, increasing electric consumption at home. Like, like I'd love to just know, like th- those are, comp- I'm sure again, again, I'm sure you want both those, but talk to me a little bit about that competing force. Cause I could see motor being a loss leader to drive that consumer behavior in the short term, but then, you know, how sustainable is that as you think about scaling that across the country? I think uh, there's the twofold answer to it. I think the first part is that the motor is aiming to be profitable and each of these distinct, each of these businesses could run as distinct profitable businesses on their own when we're talking about the subscription and selling parts of this and how they could operate. However, bringing this together, um, the way we look at this is we've thought about this in terms of the value that utilities derive in introducing new cars to the road. That I can nerd out on the like energy market side of this and why it's valuable utilities. But I think that the very short summary is that when you bring new electric cars on the road, everyone benefits. And when you're able to manage the charging of those cars and have an active relationship with your member, that benefit increases exponentially. Ultimately, we're aiming to kind of split the value um, of introducing those new cars with the utility. So there's there's no part of this that's a loss leader on its own. And we think that while each of these could operate as distinct, independent, profitable businesses, there's a lot of, I'm going to use the painful word synergies and bringing this all together. <laughs> Not a painful word at all. <laughs> I'm going to change gears a little bit. Motor is a AES subsidiary, right? So so there was some internal conversation at AES that, that brought this company into fruition. Can, can you guys talk a little bit about that internal conversation? Like how did the idea originate? 
how difficult was it to convince folks to to take this risk and do this? Because this is a this is a big move, right? This is not a small this is not a small project to undertake. I'd love what whatever transparency you guys can share around how that went down would I think for a lot of listeners would be super interesting. Definitely, and I'm going to try not to get too into the weeds and keep this short. But I think that. In summary, AES, and this, this came out of our innovation group, um, which I'm part of. And what we're thinking about is in what we're doing today and where we want to go as a company, like what fits in well with that. And I'd say that at the end of the day, we have this focus on the utility of the future and digital engagement. And when we thought about what we're bringing here, it's really just an expansion of that into the Sing one of the biggest opportunities in electrification, which is electric cars. And if you're if you're looking to increase kind of the footprint and looking at a world where the conversations normally around energy efficiency and decreasing load, this is one of the major opportunities to increase load in a way that benefits everyone. So it's something that fits naturally both into being an energy company and also being really focused on the the digital side of engagement, which is I think one of the major themes in the power world right now. From first idea on a whiteboard to getting your first subscriber to a car what was that <laughs> what was that timeline Guess uh, nobody's going to hold you to, i mean your coworkers are totally going to hold you to it but i'm not going to <laughs> happy to your anniversary i think sometime in the beginning of 2019 um, we were talking about this and the form back then looked a whole lot different but that's when this conversation started and we landed on passengers, if um, like the passenger segment, and really seeing a near-term opportunity there. A few months later, two years actually feels kind of fast to me. Like that, that you guys should be really proud of that. I think we're, we're definitely. I think we're proud. We're definitely really excited about it. I mean, it's it's two years coming, and seeing people in cars and having like engagement and really seeing all these things happening. I would love if I could be there firsthand and seeing more of it. We take safety extremely seriously. Um, so much of it is digital and remote, but it's been really fun to see it happen. Yeah. Talk talk a little bit about the COVID impact. I think the last time you, you and I talked, this came up, particularly as you're trying to launch a new product. What what has that looked like for for this service? Yeah, I can tell you, I, I being the uh, Indiana market lead, I'm the boots on the ground and I've met probably 90% of our members uh, in person, which is, it feels unique <laughs> this time of uh, this time that we live in. Um, so we, like Mike said, we take safety very seriously. We have very strict safety protocols. Any individual who may even may come in contact with a member is tested weekly. We wear gloves, we wear masks over mouth and nose, we drive with windows down. If we do deliver the cars ourselves, it has to be members of the same household. If we don't deliver them ourselves, we're always there for delivery, but we'll use a flatbed for transport. That way we're not we're spending as little time in the vehicle as possible. We're wiping down hard surfaces, we're UV lighting any soft surfaces, and we're using foggers uh, where needed. So it's been it's been interesting, as, as I'm sure it's been for everybody. But meeting the customers has been just incredibly rewarding. Like that customer journey and learning about how different it is for everybody is it's pretty awesome. I, I can tell you when I first came on, I loved the idea of electric. I'd never driven electric, which like one of my favorite stats is that 70% of people have never been in an electric car. And we find that consistently with our members is that a lot of them are what I, I always like to say, they're electric curious. They're pretty sure they want to go electric, but they're not sure. And Motor offers a great way for 
us to hold your hand as much as you want. Um, some of our members have driven the cars before they fell in love and they need zero handholding, but we're there to streamline the process of them getting into a car. When you think of competition in this space, who or what comes to mind? So competition for us is simple. Um, it's uh, the gasoline powered cars on the road right now. We're working with the OEMs, auto manufacturers, dealers, and everybody involved in getting electric cars into the hands of customers to make that happen. But ultimately, our competition here is most of what's on the road today. And our goal is to shift that entirely in the next, let's call it short time frame. I like to think of it as a decade, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> Only in an industry like this is a decade a short time frame. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i mean it's it's a really cool time to be in this i mean we we have tailwinds in our favor right now in the form of commitments from countries and states to go zero emissions um within the next 10 to 20 years we're seeing a lot of interest in driving this and i mean, the most important thing is that the product that people can buy these cars are extremely interesting vehicles. Interesting is not a, being a form of yeah. I should not have used interesting, but their performance relative to their peers is incredible. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're desirable cars, right? Like, you, yeah. like everybody wants to be in a Tesla. Like it's not, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not just picking Tesla, but, but like, I mean, they're like, they're fun to drive. Yeah. And I think like, that's what it comes down to. Like it, no matter what your perception of this, like get in one and drive it. And you'll see from like, the torque, the speed, uh, the acceleration, like it's, it's a really interesting experience and the technology behind it's just incredible. I mean, I, I have a lot of fun just like playing around with the screen and all the features and Brian is truly the expert on this and like how to make the most of that experience. Cause you're, you're constantly finding more and like getting more excited about it as you spend time in it. Yeah. I like to, I like to think that, well, I not like to think, I always like to say that these cars are almost like being on a roller coaster when because they're single speed transmissions and don't have to shift, it literally is like start to go to fast, like immediately. Like even the Nissan Leafs get zero to sixty in like seven seconds, which is just amazing. Their their pick me up on your on ramp to the interstate is just for lack of a better just baffling. Like it, it's 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 really fun to drive and you, sometimes you need to catch yourself and be aware. So how how big is the the team at motor today? Team right now is um, five spending all of their time on it. it. It takes a village. While there's five people committing all of their time, I think there's we work with a network of contractors, vendors, and everyone else to make it happen. I mean, Brian mentioned uh, the flatbed a few comments back, and there's just a ton of people behind this at this point um, that are helping to keep this thing operating. Our goal at the end of the day, though, is if you're if you're a potential member on the other side of it, all of that just turns into the seamless experience that you see where you spend five minutes on the app, enter your information, car can be at your house the day after. And and that that's kind of the part I wanted to get at with that. So you're you're juggling all of the dealer relationships. You're running a startup, right? You have subscript you have users, subscribers, you have all of the issues around supporting those customers, making sure they're happy making sure they're paying their bills, you know, all that kind of stuff. You've got installations at people's homes. You've got relationship with utilities. You've got relationships with OEM. Like you just unpack everything that you guys have shared in the last 15 minutes. And the amount of work to launch something like this is a lot, right? And for a, for a five-person team sounds 
you know, like sounds like a lot. So unpack for me how much of that is like, you know, because I'm sure there's a it's it's a dichotomy, right? It's probably a little bit of both. I'm sure being part of a larger organization and having the support of that large organization dramatically simplifies some of that stuff. Like I can imagine getting getting those initial relationships are easier when you have a certain logo behind your name rather than if you're a, a startup founder with no funding and, you know, just, just trying to start a conversation. But by the same token, I imagine things like finances get a lot harder because it it's not just your PL, it's how that PL rolls up into the mothership and what approvals you need there and stuff like that. So I guess talk a little bit, if you guys can, about, you know, I guess some of the advantages and, and maybe even some of the challenges of launching an initiative like this as, as part of a larger organization and how much that enables you and in, in what ways does it create new opportunities for you guys to figure out how to navigate things internally. <laughs> Definitely. And I think, I mean, ultimately, it wouldn't be possible without the larger the larger organization to support us. Um, and I mean, they're incredibly helpful across the board in all facets of the company. The name definitely helps. Uh, our partners at IPL uh, have been fantastic along the way and everything from just like helping us understand the local scene to laying the groundwork. And a lot of these things that frankly, like in any startup, we're learning a lot as we go. And like the the fleet team at IPL has been essential in helping us navigate some of the things that never would have come to mind before that. And I think, I mean, when it comes to just so many functions that you so many functions and considerations day to day. I mean, having that organization and having experts across finance, legal, accounting, um, even like the leadership team and helping us with strategy, like all of these components are things that they bring. And it, it's an exciting new service that everyone really wants to engage with. So, I mean, we're really grateful for the way we set up. And that's frankly the only way we're able to function with such a small team um, and such large aspirations. So again, this is the part where you get to say pass, but... I'm going to ask, I didn't hear anything in there that might be a challenge of working with a larger organization. Is that really true or <laughs> just trying not to go there? I wouldn't really call it a challenge as much as when you have a startup and we have a pretty broad vision and platform like this, there's, there's a lot of opinions and views to consider. And I think while it's ultimately helpful and creates a better service and product, similar, instead of having investors that we have to pitch to, as with any large organization, there's those series of conversations that you have in order to continue to get funded and establish the vision for the company. And I think that conversation um, for us looks a lot different from a startup. While I think it's ultimately something that's beneficial and frankly, what has created the company that we have today, it's definitely different from your traditional startup. And I think one of the major differing factors. Ultimately, since I don't have to spend half my time pitching, I enjoy that though. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. In some of our work, we in my day job, in some of our work, we get to work with startups. And in some of the work, we get to work with corporate innovation teams. And man, the parallels between the two experiences are unbelievable. Everybody's pitching somebody for money, right? Like unless, <laughs> unless you happen to be the like serial entrepreneur who's had your third exit and you just find it, bankroll the whole thing yourself, which does happen, but it's pretty rare. You know, you're you're probably trying to raise money from somebody. There's, you know, those people always have an opinion, whether it's a, a you know, a, a seed stage investor or an executive leadership team that you're trying to get a budget from. Every experience that you have in the startup world, there's a parallel in the corporate environment, and and I don't think everybody appreciates that when they think of corporate innovation and all the things that happen. Yeah, I think it. it I mean, it's really true, and I I've seen the innovation arms at a number of companies. I will say, like we've developed an extremely efficient process 
which enables us a lot more autonomy and to get through a lot of that that's inherent in any large organization. But I think we do it pretty well. And it's it's honestly made working with Motor a lot of fun and I think reduced a lot of the strain that I've seen elsewhere. Mike, Brian, do you guys have any swag for Motor? Things that you give to the team or uh, potential customers? Yeah, every delivery comes with a Motor shirt, Motor tote bag, Motor coffee mug. And then during the holiday season, we also included some Motor popcorn from Just Pop In. Oh, dang, man. You guys you guys have a strong game. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, every now and then, be on the lookout for uh, Motor R1s for certain kind of special competitions and outstanding members. Uh, you'll see those floating around as well. Wait, what's an R1? The Patagonia R1. It's a great jacket. I think Brian or I can send you a picture, but it's I, I wear it all of the time. And I was You're really excited. You're handing out Patagonia jackets? Dude, you, <laughs> you guys are winning. This competition is over. Like, I can never ask this question again. <laughs> Uh, Well, that's awesome. If you need branded swag for your company, you can reach out to our friends at Fuel Merchandise Group. You can find them at fuelmerchandise.com, mention startup competitors, and get 10% off your first order. When you think about product market fit for a company like Motor, I guess, how do you think about that? When will you know you have it? What will that look like? What are some of those internal conversations like? Oh, man, it's... It's interesting because and I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. They were like, all right, we're in the electric car market. We know there's a lot of like serious enthusiasts about this. Like, let's go after them. But our whole goal here is like, take whatever forecast you want and outperform it. So <laughs> we're targeting the segment of the population that wouldn't really necessarily be talking about us at all, much less engaging with the product. However, when we're talking about product market fit there, I mean, it still comes down to creating that thing that you couldn't live without. And we're talking about mobility here. So we've got a good baseline, but why go electric or why do this? And we just want this to be something that we create an experience and association with electric cars that's so positive and so fun and interesting that when you come down to making that decision, like there is no question around the car you're going to purchase. And for, for establishing that baseline for us, it comes down to we want to ask people, like, when you are thinking about your car, when you're thinking about your electric car, would you give it up? And that's what this comes down to. We want the answer to that to be no. Like, this thing is so much better than whatever else I'm looking at. And whether that's you buy it or subscription or anything else, we're not as worried about that. But ultimately, it comes down to making the car, electric car, an essential part of your lifestyle. What are some of the, and I'm going to follow this up with a data question or maybe questions afterwards, but what are some of the personas you're thinking of? when you're thinking of a buyer examples, why you process that question, are you thinking of like the first time car buyer? Is this somebody who's selling a, a, another vehicle to, to get into an electric for the first time? Is this somebody who's thinking about buying an electric vehicle? They're just going to, you know, basically rent one of yours for four months and then figure out on the other side of that, if it's a purchase decision, talk about, as you guys think about the different people you're targeting, who, who are those people? Yeah. Um, this it's a great question because we've been deep diving into this a lot with our, you know, looking back on our first four months and what our members ended up looking like on the persona base. And so I, I, I would could narrow it down to like three uh, personas. I feel like, like, I, I think you start with the, the fan, the person who just loves electric, they've driven it already and they want to get back into one. I delivered a car to a customer a couple of weeks ago who had driven their friends, Tesla three, fell in love. They got rid of their car a few months back because they bike or walk to work. Winner's here. 
And Motor Drive gave them an opportunity to do a low commitment, get into a car. They really enjoyed driving. Um, but then like there's the electric curious like individual. They're pretty sure they want to go electric, but they've been researching it a lot and they're not sure they come across motor and they see that we're here to like help them through this electric journey. And another customer example is I had delivered to a couple who their son goes to Notre Dame. He had recently totaled his car and he planned on moving to Chicago after graduation and getting rid of a car. And so they gave him their old car while they were thinking about going electric. They went with us and they fallen in love. They ended up reaching out to us. We have a, a faster charger proposition where we'll install a, a, it's a 220 volts, the same as you'd plug in a stove. We'll install it in your home for free up to $1,500 if you sign up for four months. And after the first month of being a member, they were like, we love it. Huge fan of this vehicle. We definitely want to get this installed because we know we're going to go electric after this car. I think, but then I've also seen people who are what I've kind of titled the gymnast, the person who just loves freedom and flexibility in the service we're offering through Motor Drive. A good example of this is we had a customer who just got out of the military. He's used to moving around quite often. He's not sure how long he's going to be in the Indy area. And so he came across our subscription and decided that he'd give it a shot. And so far he's in love. He's only been a member for a month, but I know so far he's enjoying it. So when you think about those personas and, and maybe you can just pick one to, to highlight the point, what data are you tracking to, I guess, kind of measure success on your end? Like what, what are some of the key characteristics that you guys are thinking about? Like, okay, if, if we're seeing this trend with these customers, if a, if your average subscriber is with us for like, uh, maybe this is a, a better example. What, what percentage of, you know, people who subscribe actually opt in for the four month experience that way they get the free charger. Like, I'm sure that's something you measure and track. Like what are some of those key KPIs that you guys are looking at saying, this is how we know we're, we're making the difference, getting the impact we want to get because we see these numbers moving in the right direction. That would definitely be a huge win for us. That's definitely a big KPI we're tracking because if you go back to our core mission, it's just accelerating the adoption of electric cars. And once they have that faster charger installed, it's one less barrier as they go through that journey. It's one of our our favorite KPIs that we like to brag about is that so far in, and if I were to put a persona to it, it's the electric curious. So far, we've had 40% of our members roughly sign up for that four month proposition to get the faster charger installed. I think one thing to add to that, and you, you highlighted it, but obviously on top of growth, a big thing for us is retention. And we view retention through kind of a dual lens. So number one is, in any subscription service, reducing churn is extremely important. That's part of the idea behind the four-month commitment. I think the other part of this, though, when we talk about retention, we try to incentivize uh, members to, if they're exiting the subscription, to buy electric. And when we're talking about our retention metric, purchasing electric is considered a success. An electric car is considered success for us. So not only are we tracking their retention in terms of subscription, but how they ultimately flow through that funnel to our end goal. And that's another metric, of, another indicator of success that we track. Uh, when you guys think about product roadmap over the next five-ish years, uh, let, let's put it out to that timeline because you guys are playing the long game. What, what's different? What does this business look like five years from now than, than what it looks like today? Man, that's an exciting question and one that I love thinking about. I think ultimately we're thinking about this as a journey from the first time you think about this to getting a car and making it part of your lifestyle. So 
for us on the integrated experience on bringing all of those products I talked to into a single platform, you can easily move from one to the next and we don't have to collect more information, making that as seamless as the cu- for the customer as possible. And integrating and consolidating a lot of the, the software apps, everything else that we're running on right now is going to be a big one for the next few years. And I think kind of the, the baseline we're looking at. I think the other two major components are on the sales side of this, we want to create an experience where it's as easy as possible to buy any car that you want. I will use Carvana as an example. However, the major difference there is that we're trying to sell new cars, not used cars, but we want you to be able to access the whole range of new cars through a single platform. And the last piece of that is smoothing out the rest of the journey. So we've talked a lot about chargers here and all of that. And nobody wants to call six electricians, get quotes, have somebody to come to your house and do all that. So ultimately, that's the last piece of the puzzle that we're trying to streamline. When you get one of these cars, that whole charging piece is taken care of. We ask a few questions and handle it. And you reduce the hassle. One more contractor coming to your house and having to deal with something you're unclear about. At the end of the day, this looks like one experience. You can move freely from one component to the next, do everything as easily as Amazon Prime. Right now, our metric is we'll get you a car faster than you can get toilet paper on Amazon, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. All right, guys. It's it's been just over 30 minutes. I probably need to let you go. Uh, If folks want to learn more about Motor, if they want to get in touch with one of you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? If they want to find out more about us, they can reach us at ev.iplmarketplace.com. And... Use the chat function there. You'll be able to immediately chat with the human on our team. And then uh, next question, because uh, I, I'm the czar of this podcast and get to get to make all these awesome decisions uh, on the fly, you're going to come up with a discount code for Startup Competitors listeners. If, if a listener wanted to use a discount code, what code could they use? Startup. Awesome. Right on. All right. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It really means a lot. I love what you're doing. Um, as a as an electric car driver myself, I've experienced some of the magic that you guys are talking about. It is a, a different way of of driving and it, it's a lot of fun. Thanks so much for, for what you're doing. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate you taking the time today. Um, this is really exciting. Glad to be here. Can't wait to hear more. Startup Competitors provides monthly handcrafted email updates on your top competitors. Keep up to date on new hires, marketing activities, events, awards, new product launches, pricing changes, funding, and a bunch more. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.